masculinity, women, mastery, more energy, a better tribe, whatever the hell it is that makes you feel alive. Welcome to the Live More, Regret Less podcast. We talk about what really matters so that you can have the right purpose, the power to pursue it, and the drive to sustain. Yeah, thank you for listening to me. Right on. Today's Ben Greenfield, freaking legend, uh, voted top personal trainer in the world. He owns the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast, the Ben Greenfield Fitness Show. He's read a book a day for multiple years. This guy is a smart cookie and really great at articulating what you need so that you can have your mind, your body, and your spirit on the right level. And he shares with us skills you can sharpen that helped to shape his character and therefore his success. How to create your own rite of passage and how to avoid self-destruction like the majority of guys in our society. Why and how you can stress your nervous system to better withstand the stresses of life. Goddamn phone ruining my freaking good run. And maintaining your ability to learn and therefore your ability to win. This is Ben Greenfield. Okay, thanks for coming back, Legends. Um, today, I'm super wrapped about this one. We've got Ben Greenfield from Ben Greenfield Fitness. This dude is someone who yeah, lives and breathes it, man. Uh, someone who's out to make the world a great place, but also living a life full of adventure. And you can clearly tell he's hungry for life. So, man, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Sweet. Hungry for life, dude. I'll tell you, actually, you know what? I'm just kind of like hungry all the time. I'm I'm hungry for 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 food as well. I've, I'm a bottomless pit, to be oh. honest. As a matter of fact, just by you saying hungry, I think I'm I want to go have a second breakfast now. Oh, dude, second breakfast is my favorite. Um, so yeah, as we mm. always go with this show, we're gonna start with a high and a low for the week. Um, this is just to sort of check in and check in with how we're feeling right now. Um, so I'll model that. High for the week for me is moving to Camore and finding a place. Um, straight off the bat, I met some really good people and checked out the house, which is great. Um, a yoga teacher and uh, another woman that's doing a physique competition who I haven't met yet, but that'll be pretty cool. And um, low for the week was I had a ride share organized to go from Minnesota to Canmore and... Yeah, classic stitch up, just like in conversation with this guy the whole time. And then as soon as I put money in his account, he just dropped off the face of the earth. So then I spent about 24 hours on a Greyhounds bus, which now that I'm here is pretty funny, but at the time it wasn't funny. <laughs> Bummer. All right, I got it. Uh, hi for the week. I got a chance to hang out with uh, a buddy who I look up to as a little bit of a mentor and kind of like a an icon in the holistic health and fitness community named uh paul check and we had a chance to uh, have a really great weekend together uh doing some some hardcore weight training eating some amazing food and going out on an ayahuasca and dmt uh, journey together so that was that was a, an amazing weekend and uh, low of the week i would say oh gosh that's a that's a tough one because I, I can't think of a of a single real low that occurred this week and, unless we pick out something really really trite and that would be uh, probably that I dropped 
my little underwater mp3 player into the toilet and although it is an underwater mp3 player and it survived just fine i did indeed have to go on that that dreaded uh dive of the hand into the into the <laughs> the sewage to actually get it but you know what it was my own poo so i'm all right i'm sure it just helped out with my with my healthy hygiene oh we could that's epic thanks for sharing dude um man that's cool love paul's amazing um yeah, I met him when I did HLC2 in Sydney two years ago. Um, really oh, that's cool great. Dude. Yeah. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, I didn't know you knew him. That's really awesome. Um, okay, so I just listened to uh, a special interview that you did for, yeah, the launch of Keon. And um, but I'd like to dive into, you know, for the guys that don't know you, um, like you had a bit of a different childhood. You were homeschooled. Um, you talk about, you know, being a bit of a nerd and then getting exposed to fitness and stuff. Like, I'm sure that you're grateful for that now, but what were like, what were some of the, I guess, grounding skills that really helped to shape you into who you are now as an adult? You know, being homeschooled, I don't think you have to be homeschooled like I was to to build this character skill, but self-reliance and independence for for both better and worse. I think that's something that, that serves me pretty well. What I mean by that is I've always been a real independent learner, right? Like my for, for math, right? Like my parents would just shove an algebra book in my bedroom and say, learn algebra. And I'd learn algebra because uh, it was there. And uh, you know and and I would I've I've always been kind of hardwired to go out and study things on my own and learn I've been I've always been a a voracious self-experimenter and very curious about the world. Uh, you know, I remember like, like the first time I went hunting and, and I, I killed my first deer. I literally learned to field dress the deer, you know, standing there holding a bloody knife with, with YouTube pulled up on my, on my smartphone out there in the forest, uh, walking through how to, you know, so I, you know, I've always just kind of learned things on my own. And at the same time, you know, uh, there are things that I would have learned more quickly if I had been less stubborn and more willing to listen to a mentor or a teacher, uh, because I'm not a good classroom guy. I'm not a good, I'm not very, very good at sitting under instruction. And I'm also, I'm a real lone wolf, right? Which helps me be a pioneer and an independent outside the box thinker, which is great for things like, you know, producing really good articles or, or you know, or, or cool outside box supplements or, or, or content. But at the same time, it also means I'm kind of a crappy team player, right? And, and I've had to teach myself how to, how to delegate better and coordinate better and cooperate better with, with people on the team. So self-independence and self-reliance, you know, has both its blessings and its curses, but that's really one of the biggest things that, that I took out of, uh, out of my childhood. And I guess the other one would be kind of very, very much related to that would be really willing to, not not go with the crowd not do what everybody else is doing defy the status quo and you know so for example like like that new website that i just, just launched that you alluded to uh uh key on which is like key like ki you know uh uh as in like chi or spirit or life force or energy it, it's all based around this concept that you know in the in the fitness community for example people really pride themselves on their on their six-pack abs and their overhead squat are, you know, and, and, and their yoga and all these things that give you a nice body, uh, but they haven't necessarily optimized their minds or their spirits. So they're not purposeful, 
happy people. You know, I've just seen this relentless pursuit of fitnessing or exercising as something that eats people up, but in the end doesn't result in, in true satisfaction. And so, you know, my, my, my thing now that I'm trying to, my message I'm trying to bring to the world, you know, the, the, the defiance of the status quo that I'm trying to achieve now is, is that you really have to, to be a complete human, you have to optimize not just your body, but also your mind and also your spirit. And so, I don't think I would have really, you know, thought outside the box like that if I wasn't kind of hardwired uh, to to do that. So, you know, for, I, I would say those are the biggest things that come to mind in terms of you know ways that my childhood helped to form me. Mm, awesome. I really want to jump into that uh, spirit stuff in a tick. Um, but is there a defining moment when you feel like you crossed over from uh, boyhood like into manhood? Like, you know, a lot of cultures around the world have an initiation process or, you know, a moment where you, you're now considered like mm-hmm. a man, you know, did you, did you have something in your life where something may have just happened and it just, yeah, you crossed over to that stage? Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, it's called a rite of passage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of cultures do have that. In many cases, it's, it's very painful, right? A lot of times boys will be, um, you know, circumcised at a later age or, or beaten or, you know, sometimes sent off into the wilderness, you know, and, and, and die often, you know, trying to, you know, survive for a week and, you know, and, and provide for their own food. And, um, you know, in the case of women, a lot of women have a rite of passage and that would be a childbirth, right? Like that, that's considered in many tribal communities to be the rite of passage, right? Like you, you have a child and all of a sudden you are a woman and men in this day and age, they don't really go th- through a rite of passage, at least many of them. So we see men who are, you know, they become addicted to substances because that allows them to escape that that feeling that they they never really achieved what they thought they could achieve because they're still stuck in boyhood, not manhood. We see um, men engaging in, in risky behavior like that. We see, you know, people getting addicted to things that I personally love to do, you know, like Spartan races and, and track. It's because they're they're searching for that rite of passage that they that they never really experienced. Um, for my own boys, they go to a wilderness survival school every year, and they go for one to two weeks, and they learn how to survive. They learn how to track. They learn how to how to hide. They learn how to start fires. They learn how to you know make bow drills and weapons. And when they're thirteen, that same survival school will bring them on a rite of passage, right, where, where they have to you know kind of like self-equipped survive on their own for for a week and so that'll be their rite of passage to to become a man when the, when they're when they're 13 years old and so you know for for me personally i never had a rite of passage right i i i never ever went through that period of time where i can distinctly say hey this is when i became a man now i think that i've kind of scratched that itch by by you know getting somewhat close to the to the brink of of extreme discomfort or death with a lot of these, you know, crazy things I've done, like, you know, training with the Navy SEALs or, or completing the, the Spartan Delta or, you know, or doing, you know, the old, you know, a decade of Ironman triathlon. Uh, but at the same time, I can't say, oh, I crossed that finish line. And that was when I officially became a man. And because of that, you know, I, I still have boyhood like tendencies, right? Like, so I, I, if I'm not careful, right, like I'll tend towards, for example, you know, whatever, smoking too much marijuana or going from one glass to three glasses of wine in the evening, you know, doing a lot of these things that I think you see in men and in women in some cases who are still kind of stuck in that, 
that childhood phase who aren't yet completely confident in, in who they are as a person because they haven't had that that rite of passage. So I, I really do think that, you know, you, you know, in a lot of these westernized countries like, you know, whether you're at or, or in America or in Canada, we should set things up so that so that adolescents specifically really do have a structured rite of passage that they go through. And that, that's why I'm trying to create that for, for my own children. Mm. And like for, you know, guys that are between that 20 to 30 age range, do you have, you know, that may not have had a dad that, you know, took them to survival wilderness camp and stuff like that. Do you have any suggestions where you think that they could go and find that sort of stuff? You know, the very, very first thing that comes to mind because it's so primal and, uh, you know, I realize I may offend some, some vegans out there, for example, uh, would be to, to hunt, to actually spend a good solid year teaching yourself how to either, you know, shoot a weapon or to, to fire a bow. And I know in some countries that's, that's frowned upon and, and that may mean you need to, you need to plan on, you know, going somewhere else. Like, you know, uh, Hawaii, for example, is, is a, is, you know, it's like a bow hunting Mecca there. And, and, you know, you, you can, you can learn to, uh, to, to wield a weapon, which is like this, this ancestral built in mechanism that especially in, in, in men, not to sound sexist, but men in the past, they've, they've been the protectors, the providers, the procreators, um, that they, they, they can actually, scratch that itch of especially the protection and the provision part of being a man by learning how to wield a weapon and then go out and do what really would allow you to be a, be a complete person. And, and in some cases, you know, back in the day when we had lots of wars and battles, it would have been defending your family or going to battle. Now it would be, I would say, actually going out and learning how to, how to provide for yourself and potentially for a family by finding food and harvesting food. And in, in many cases in traditional tribal cultures, it's been harvesting an animal. And I know some people will say, okay, well, you're not going to go hunting, but you know, here's, here's a knife and a, a leather knapsack and some clothing. And you simply are going to survive on your own water, food, everything for a week, right? You have to, over the course of, let's say 12 months, learn how to how to forage wild plants, learn how to start a fire without a cigarette lighter, learn how to make a bed for yourself in the wilderness without a sleeping bag and a tent. And for seven days, you're going to survive in whatever wilderness is, 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 is able for you to get to based on your budget. And, you know, that, that's a perfect example of something that you can build into a rite of passage. And would you have to, in many cases, find a mentor to be able to, to do that? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know what? There are there are plenty of of wilderness survival and tracking and you know uh, bow shooting or rifle shooting instructors or you know any number of people you could access depending on what what country you're, you're in who could, could teach you you know whether how to how to survive in the wilderness how to hunt how to shoot and and to me that's like the perfect rite of passage just just being self sufficient and able to survive in nature for for a good solid week. Yeah, and like you said earlier, you know, like being that self reliance, it's like you did you you killed your first deer and then used YouTube to learn how to skin it and get it already. Like, you know, things like that can really open the door for us. You know, instead of having to feel like we are alone, it's like, dude, you can just jump on the net and there it is. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know, here here in in Washington, where I'm at in Idaho, you know, these are big hunting states in America, and one of the one of the first things that that a boy does uh, that that 
that is almost like a rite of passage is when a boy gets his first elk or gets his first deer, right? Like dad didn't get it. I got it, you know, and you know, you'll see these photos of the boys, you know, like standing there with, with, with the gun or the bow, like over the animal, not because they're proud of having killed something, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're proud of having officially learned how to be self-sufficient and self-reliant without freaking, you know, driving their, 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 Nissan to the grocery store and buying produce and meat at the grocery store and then driving home and watching Netflix, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to um get into some bow hunting here. Like back in uh, Australia, I've done a bit of, you know, there's nothing better than like going out, go, doing some spear fishing, getting some crayfish, getting some abalone and just like that whole process of preparing it, cleaning it and then having a big meal with a bunch of friends or like you said, that pr- there's something inside of us that, love that's that provider you know and um yeah oh yeah i mean you you could say the same you could say yeah you could say the same thing depending where you're at like i mean if you have access to to like more of like an island type of setting that that's relatively remote you could you could you know include things like spearfishing and free diving along with that right like you're gonna you provide for yourself both from from the land and the sea you know Mm -hmm. and that that would depend on what area of the world you're in but i agree i love to spearfish and yeah i mean the fish taste so much better when not only is it that fresh, but you know the exact piece of coral and the exact rock that that <laughs> fish came out from under, and right when you got it, and you take it home and you're proud of it, and and uh, yeah, man, I mean it's just it's just a completely different way to live. Yeah, it's totally. to experience uh, sustenance. Oh, for sure. Um, we could do. So, what would you like to see some more of in the lives of young men? You know, in that twenty to thirty age bracket. Is that they get, you know, would it be that they get out and start hunting more, start experiencing their bodies more instead of just jumping in the Nissan and sitting in front of Netflix? Like, what would you like to see guys go out and do a bit more of? The biggest things that I see that that men need to be able to um, to do more of um, from, from the guys that I've hung out with in that, that age range. Many of them are good at, at fitness. Many of them know how to crush it at the gym. Many of them know how to how to suffer, how how to actually go and, and sweat, right? And put work in, you know, on the barbell and the steel. You know, in many cases, that's in a fitness situation. Uh, but I would say that building the ability to tolerate other forms of dis- discomfort is also a skill. Mm. Uh, I've hung out with a lot of guys who can't, you know, like sit in a sauna for 20 minutes without losing control of their parasympathetic nervous system and having to rush out and take a cold shower right away. Right. Like, so, so I, once a week, I'll get in the sauna and you gotta be careful. You know, you don't want to have a heart attack, but I'll sit in there until like smoke is coming on my ears and I want to like bang out, you know, bang down the walls and, and run out. But I force myself to relax and activate the parasympathetic nervous system under heat stress. And I do the same thing under cold. Once a week, I expose myself to, to stressful cold and stressful heat, meaning that I will jump in a very, very cold body of water and I'll stay in there. Again, I'm not stupid about it, but I'll stay in there to longer than my body actually wants to. You know, controlling my breath, trying not to breathe over to my house, you know, and, and we'll sit in the infrared sauna. As soon as they start to get hot and sweaty, they freak out and, and run out. Or we'll get in the cold pool and they'll, they'll sit in the cold pool, but, but it'll be like this. <laughs> and, and you you really need to be able to withstand not just the stress of a barbell or a kettlebell, but the stress of heat and the stress of cold. And you need to be able to, to breathe through that. That's a really good way to ensure that you have good control 
of your nervous system, which allows you to be stress-free in so many other areas of life. It allows you to build resilience. That'd be one. Um, another would be uh, the ability to be able quiet in the age of audiobooks and podcasts and music and uh, streaming TV shows and everything else that you know, especially push notifications. Uh, the ability to be able to, for example, get up in the morning and do just 10 minutes of Tai Chi or Qigong barefoot outside, listening to nothing but your own breath and the wind and the birds and the tree song. Right? Being able to learn transcendental meditation and do that for 10 minutes a day. Being able to, rather than lay in bed for 15 minutes at night, checking those last few things on your smartphone, to literally just lay there and deep belly breathe and perhaps have a little bit of like relaxing music on in the background. Um, that That's another another thing that I think, especially men are, are losing. You know, my, my children, one thing they do quite frequently is I have them go outside and they just sit for 15 minutes. We call it a sit spot. It's a Native American technique. It's the same spot. They both have their own special place out here in the forest. It's their place and they just sit and they taste the air and they see what there is to see and they smell and they feel the ground and they just sit. There's there's nothing else. There's no special meditation or breath work or thoughts or mantras or or, or anything, right? You're just you're just silent, right? And you you'd be surprised at how hard it is to just sit for 15 minutes next to a tree. And I, I think that that a lot of folks in in our age range they've also they they also need to learn to embrace the silence because a lot of t- times you'd be surprised at the still small voices and realizations that come to you in that silence. So in the same way that you need to be able to deal with with environmental stressors, you also need to be able to just sit with your own mind. Um, you know, the, the last thing that I would say is I see a, a great deal of both men and women losing the ability to, to really be able to learn new things, right? We get stuck in our ways, and uh, whether that be, you know, at the gym getting very, very used to, you know, bilateral exercises like a bilateral squat or a bilateral overhead press or having just your machine circuit that you do and never kind of like learning new, very challenging balance exercises, right? So right now, and I'm constantly signed up for something that forces me to learn new things. So right now, I'm signed up for an RKC kettlebell cert where I'm, I'm having to learn how to do the snatch really well and the Turkish getup really well and a clean and jerk really well with the kettlebell. And I'm signed up for an open mic night in December, which is forcing me to really hone my guitar and my ukulele skills. And me being signed up for those two things is learning outside my comfort zone from a neurological standpoint. I haven't learned something new from a neurological standpoint. And I think that that so many people don't have that. You know, it's one thing to, to say, oh, I like to play guitar and just kind of strum on the guitar night. It's another thing to, to say, okay, I, you know, I have this extrinsic motivation, this external pressure to actually you know, perform and build this skill to the point where I become a master of this skill. And I don't think people need to be a master of everything, but I am a fan of, of, of dabbling in things that make some smoke come out your ears, that, that provide you with a little bit of neurological discomfort. So you're constantly you know, staying young, which you see is something prevalent among a lot of successful centenarians or people who live a long time is they're constantly discovering and learning new things. Mm. So we've got um, different discomfort getting some silence or some quiet and learning new things. That's really cool. Um, so I want to like roll off that into, you know, you do have 
an, a phenomenal amount of skills, you know, for you guys that haven't listened to Ben's podcast and stuff. And, you know, this recent interview that he did is quite phenomenal, the amount of stuff that you've got going on, but that you're actually doing and achieving. And I think that there's, there's so much information out there, you know, and we're like, it, it consuming information feels pretty good, you know, and you get the, you get this little, or I personally get, can get a little bit of a, uh, a high, you know, a, a feel good feeling when I'm sort of chewing through some of your podcast, Tim Ferriss, you know, look like these educational things. How do you, um, and do you have any suggestions for the implementation of it? How do you, like you mentioned, that external pressure of signing up for the open mic night, like, is it the external pressure in the environment that creates that? The motivation, you mean? Yeah, yeah, to actually see it through rather than it just be a, you know, start thing and then, oh, next week, I don't really get it done. You know, because these things take right, time. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge thing. Fast starters, right? And I, and I am a fast starter. I've had the personality analysis that show that like I'm, you know, I'm a freaking entrepreneur. Things and sometimes finishing them, unless you have some kind of of extrinsic motivation above and beyond yourself to actually finish something. And, and yes, um, I think that you know as a gimmick as that seems to be, that you need that motivation. When I sign up for a, for a new Spartan race, I post it on Facebook so people know. And and I'll take my training sessions, and yeah, I'm not a big fan of selfies and and the Instagram fitness culture, but I'll post some of my training sessions, you know, out there so that people can can see and be reminded. And you know, you'd be surprised if you skip an event, people reach out and they're like, "So where were you? You know, I I was training for this event too, and I didn't see you there." Or, um, or you know, what happened? How was your time? And then you, you're like, "Well, I didn't do it. I didn't follow through." <laughs> uh, you know, another example would be. You know, for example, like like this open mic night. Not only am I signed up for an open mic night, but I'm also signed up at Stick S T I C K dot com. I think it's called. Where you know I, I've I've you know put a thousand dollars on my credit card on there, and that goes to a charity that I really 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 do not like. If I don't actually go and do what I committed to do, and that that's more of a, a motivation by punishment, but that can also be very powerful as a way to to cause you to to commit to completing those things that you have started. It's a art and a science though because you also can't you don't want to be stupid. I see a lot of businessmen do this and I've certainly been guilty of this myself. Saying yes to too many opportunities, starting too many things and then being so stubborn that you're going to finish them all that you wind up spending all of your life working and doing rather than just being and enjoying life. And so, you know, you do need to be able to identify those things that are a hell yes, that really, truly are going to bring you happiness and purpose and meaning in life, right? So for me, um, I spend enough time in front of a computer as it is writing, right? So for me, I could say, well, learning learning to create an app would be a cool skill. That would be a cool skill, and I, I could create this app, and I could, you know, and I, I could learn, and I could put it on, I, but that's not a hell yes for me. It's kind of like, yeah, that'd be interesting, but I'm, it's not a hell yes. Uh, you say, okay, um, Learn how to learn how to spearfish a tuna, right? With with a float and and out in the boat and in the deep water, develop your free dive to eighty feet and you know and actually sign up and charter the boat and put down positive three hundred dollars onto the boat and reserve the date for me. Like that's a hell yes, right? Like and and not only will I do it, but I'll put the deposit down on the boat and I'll save the date and I'll, I'll you know and I'll and I'll buy the float and actually get myself ready for that because. That's a hell yes for me. So I would say, you know, extrinsic motivation, 
um, uh, punishment-based motivators in some cases, and then the ability to be able to differentiate between what is a hell yes that you're going to set that motivator up for versus what is, uh, oh, I'm just going to do this because it seems kind of cool, right? You want to make sure that that you're not, you know, whether from a business standpoint or a hobby standpoint, committing to things that that aren't really going to achieve true purpose and happiness and meaning for you. But if they are going to achieve true purpose and happiness and meaning for you, yeah, sometimes it takes more than just that, that fact that it's going to provide purpose for you. Sometimes it takes actual extrinsic motivation for you to really tr- truly stick to it. Mm. That's awesome. Um, and like your philosophy, right, is like body, mind, spirit. And, you know, a lot of guys, like we were saying before, we're good at that, the fitness they're doing, like the the push under the barbell, the clash of the iron aspect. And we get it fundamentally that spirituality is sort of important and, you know, maybe I should pay more attention to it. Um, and then in this interview that I was listening to this morning, you were like, biohacking made me more productive, a better CEO, a better author, a better athlete, but it's all for naught if your soul sucks. Can you please expand on that and why we should, I guess, care about that and what it can give us? Well, if you look at the blue zones, at these areas where people live a disproportionately long period of time, exercise is not something that you see as a characteristic among these populations. Low-level physical activity and not being stuck with your ass in a chair for eight hours a day certainly is a characteristic that you see. But exercising or being fit or a high VO2 max is not really a sign of longevity, nor is it a sign of happiness when you look at happiness surveys of different countries. Uh, fitness is not super-duper high in the list. Um, love, family, and relationships, which I would consider spiritual or soulful practices, those are very high up on the list. Uh, also, so is belief in a higher power, which is also something very spiritual and very soulful. And so the older I get, the more I've realized that our body is pretty temporary and the satisfaction of the little little likes that you get on Instagram when you post your six-pack abs or the satisfaction of having crossed the finish line of a triathlon, that pales in comparison to the satisfaction of, of lovemaking with my wife and looking deep into her eyes and feeling like we we are connected and and our spirits are connected it pales in comparison to to holding hands with both my boys and hiking to the top of a mountain sitting there with journals and looking eyes and snuggling it pales in comparison uh, to me uh, strumming my guitar and belting out at the top of my lungs a song to to my creator and out of gratitude for being placed on this amazing planet, right? And so many of us forget to tap into that spiritual side of things. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a Buddhist. I don't believe in oneness or reincarnation. That's just not not my thing. Uh, but I do believe that our spirits will go on forever. I believe that, that there is a there is a heaven, and there you know that that once we're done with this short little life and these these broken bodies you know here on earth that we actually enter into this this amazing spiritual dimension we're part of that forever and ever and ever and the stronger that our spirits and our souls are taken care of here on earth uh the more meaningful that part of life will become 
And the more we can, we can replicate just a little bit of that during our short lives here on, on this planet. So for, for reasons of longevity, for reasons of health, for reasons of happiness and purpose and meaning, um, that, that's, that's why I think that we need this kind of, this kind of balance. Um, you know, if you look at all the great religions on the planet, you'll see that a pretty big character is the golden rule, right? Like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And basically in shorter terms, that's, that's just love, right? It's love. It's not necessarily self-love, but it's, it's love for others. Uh, and then, you know, if you look at something like uh, Christianity, for example, you see that the second greatest commandment, the second greatest thing that you can do is to love God, right? Love God and love others. Love this higher power and love your, your fellow man and, and your fellow woman. And if you can just do those two things, um, yeah, take care of your body and, and study cool things and, and build your brain. But um, really, above all, it comes down to that, that belief in a higher power and love for others as being the two things that that seem to be the biggest components of being a complete human being. Mm. And I want to talk a little bit about gratitude, like which you, you advocate a lot. I mean, you even made the Christian Gratitude Journal, and I'd just love to hear why you why gratitude is such a big part of your life, and can you talk about the impact that it could have besides, you know, a bit of appreciation or, yeah. Yeah, sure, I know. I wake up every morning and in that, in that journal, um, and you know, shameless plug, if you go to christiangratitude.com, that, that's where I've, I've actually published <laughs> that journal. But I ask three questions, right? It's like, what spiritual truth did I discover today? Because I always start the day off with, with some type of a spiritual truth, and that's not a spiritual truth in Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram. It's, it's a real paper book that I'll have beside my bed, something that is inspirational or devotional. Right now I use one called Our Daily Bread. And I read that, and the journal, you, ask, you answer three questions. What truth did I discover? So you're, you're actually reading with intent and reading with purpose rather than just reading to read because you know you're going to answer a question afterwards. And then who can I pray for or help or serve this day? So it's not I, 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 me, 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 what am I going to accomplish? But instead, by writing down one person you're going to help, Technically, over the course of a year, you're going out of your way to do good for 365 people. That's that my favorite. That's so sick. Lifetime. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and then finally, what am I grateful for? And in the gratefulness part, it's not just because um, gratefulness is, you know, it helps you feel good and brings a smile to your face. It's also because the act of gratefulness has shown to produce some, some pretty cool physiological effects like lower blood pressure, lower stress, better sleep, fewer sick days, stronger immune system, and perhaps, in my opinion, most importantly from a psychological standpoint, a shockingly greater amount of empathy towards your fellow man, the ability to be able to feel what others are thinking, to put yourself in other shoes. You know, if you return back to what I was just talking about, that golden rule, gratitude every day allows you to really tap into that golden rule far more completely than you normally would have. And it, it turns out that in most gratefulness studies, it's even more powerful when you actually freaking write it down, right? When, when it's, it's, it's cool to say thank you and I'm grateful for you to people as you go throughout the day, but actually writing down that one thing that you're grateful for at the beginning or the end of the day makes you healthier, makes you more robust, makes you more resilient, and it makes you especially more empathetic. Mm, that's awesome. Um, so to wrap up, man, um, <clears throat> one of my favorite quotes is um, from Leonardo da Vinci. And he says, as a well-spent day brings happy sleep, so a life well-lived brings a happy death. Um, 
what are three things a guy could do today so that when he lay down in bed at the end of the day, he felt like he'd lived more and looking back, he was regretting less? Number one, uh, and, and this is something I teach my kids. Number one, you need to really truly identify what it is that you're, you're good at and that you have a natural ability to be talented in, and you need to ensure that that's part of your life. For me, it's a very simple exercise. Think back to what you love to do when you were a six or seven or eight-year-old little boy or little girl, and make sure that either for your job you're doing that, or for a big, big part of something else you're doing in your life you're doing that. So for me, it was writing, it was music, it was it was watercolor painting and art, and uh, it was playing outside, right? And so, you know, Two parts of my job really are writing and playing outside, and I've I've been sure to introduce guitar and ukulele into my life, and I actually am now getting back into into painting. Right, so that's that's number one. Uh, number two, the the second thing that I tell them is uh, that you need to have love and family and relationships and some type of social social interaction in your life every day. Right. So for us, that's we we eat dinner together as a family, and um, we go out of our way to ensure that you know we we go down and we see grandma and grandpa you know ninety minutes away in in Moscow, Idaho. We'll be driving down there this weekend, and, and we have a very strong emphasis on like family and social ties, right? On on having a tribe around you. So that's number two is you know don't don't be a lone wolf. You know be be a member of a tribe, have social connections and love and relationships in your life. Uh, and then number three would be something we already alluded to, right? Belief in a higher power, belief that we're not just pieces of flesh on a giant rock floating through this planet trying to outcompete each other and survive to see who's going to die and who's not with no purpose and no meaning. And then we die and life's over. Instead, a very cool way to live is to believe that you're just part of this magical story that's already been written, like some out of Lord of the Rings and you're living out life in this amazing world, and there's there's an orchestrator. There's there's a there's a higher power. There's basically um, someone in charge helping to write the book. And the amount of trust and hope and confidence, and and less stress that that gives you as you navigate through life, um, uh, is is profound. So those would be the biggest. You know, have 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 play and passion in your life or your work, and. Uh, have love and family and relationships and a belief in a higher power. Those would be the top three. That's what we could do. Thanks so much. Um, so you've just released Get Key on uh, the website. Um, I've personally used Greenfield Fitness Systems to, yeah, the products in there are f- the highest quality. Love it. Really helped to heal my gut um, after a cleansing a parasite earlier in the year. Um, would you be able to explain a little bit between the difference between Greenfield Fitness Systems and Get Key on? Like I saw you've got some products on GetKeyon as well as Greenfield Fitness, fitness Systems. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, very simple. They're the same. Okay. Um, Greenfield Fitness Systems will be going away and it will be replaced by by the brand that really isn't doesn't have anything to do with me or my name. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's all about Keyon and Key Life Force Spirit Energy Prana Chakra. Um, a lot easier URL to type in, and also <laughs> I, I want to build a globally a globally recognizable fitness brand uh, that that isn't necessarily dependent on people knowing. I, I really don't care if people know who the hell I am, mm. right? Like I would rather them identify with this amazing brand that they can rely upon and tr- trust. And uh, so that that's what that's what Keon is. 
Wicked. Awesome. Thanks heaps for your time, Ben. Um, guys, if you want to get more into the story of Ben, um, it's an awesome interview. I'm about three quarters of the way through listening to it this morning. And you can just find that on bengreenfieldfitness.com and click on podcast. Thanks heaps, man. And I'm grateful for your time. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, man. Really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was fucking fun. That guy is really, really a top-notch bloke. And you too could be a top-notch bloke if you left a review on our podcast. You would get top-notch status immediately.